Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you're listening from. I'm delighted to be with you again this week, and we are going to be diving into a topic that is a little new to me, but I have learned quite a bit in reading through the book Making Contact before I go into that. I want to invite you to explore the latest issue of 1111 Magazine. The new edition will be out in a few days, so if you have not accessed the free digital issue, definitely look at that uh, after the show You can go to 1111mag.com and explore so many new voices and lots of really rich information sharing the works of consciousness and awakening as well as personal growth and expansion. In addition, on that website, you will see the pre-order of my new book, which I'm really excited about. So I hope you'll take a look and go ahead and pre-order that. It goes into the multidimensional reality that we are and the ability to literally use our own life to transcend everything and anything that we think we're encountering. Making Contact is composed of original writings by the leading experts in the field of UFO ET studies. Among the contributors are such visionary thinkers as Whitley Stryber, the best-selling author of Communion, describing his most recent encounters with visitors following the passing of his wife and the intense fear he has had to overcome with each encounter. In a never-published essay by Professor John Mack, the former head of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, discusses overcoming the Western mechanistic paradigm by helping abductees deal with their seemingly otherworldly meeting and how that challenged traditional academic values. Linda Moulton Howe, investigative journalist and the host of Earth Files, relays inside information by the officials from the Department of Intelligence Agency, about the long history and implications of the alien presence. Nick Pope, UK Ministry of Defense, investigator into UFOs, explains the government mindset and why top secret materials are being kept from the public. Grant Cameron, award-winning UFO researcher, implicate witnesses as a vital part of the phenomena by explaining that if someone sees a UFO, it's not by chance. Every sighting and contact experience is intentionally planned. Dr. J.J. and Desiree Hertak, who I've had on 1111 Talk Radio several times before, they are the founders of the Academy for Future Science, offer knowledge about the advanced science our civilization will need to make stellar travel into reality. It's all laid out to make sense of the increase of worldwide sightings and the official government's acknowledgement of crashed UFO retrievals. Even the airlines, the FAA, has started to acknowledge it when pilots are having sightings, as took place a few months ago. So this is really a topic that has always been quite growing in its popularity and its audience, but not everyone is uh, aware of all that's going on. And I certainly got greater insight to the uh, level of individuals that are really diving into this exploration. It's not woo-woo. It's not science fiction. It's not fantasy It's now something that we can look at as another dimension of reality. And this book was stewarded and put together by Alan Steinfeld, who is an explorer of consciousness. He has over 30 years has hosted and produced the weekly television series, New Realities, in New York City. 
Additionally, he has 68,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel, and there have been over 20 million viewers who have seen his programs. He has interviews with luminaries in the field of health, spirituality, and UFOs, uh, such as Deepak Chopra, whom he will be doing a presentation with at the Open Center today at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. You can go to opencenter.org and uh, definitely register to tune into that. He has talked to Marianne Williamson, Ram Das, and every major UFO researcher in the field. And with his different lectures and conferences, he informs individuals about human potential, remote viewing, and the nature of alien contact. Uh, he has emceed the largest UFO event in the country, Contact in the Desert. And he feels that only when the inner explorations of the soul are combined with the outer adventures of the mind can we achieve a harmonious understanding of our place in the cosmos. And I think that that's what resonates most about this book. There is an intertwining of consciousness, the inner and the outer, as you move through it, along with diving into the questions and topics that uh, one would want to inquire about. So without further ado, uh, I'd like to welcome Alan Steinfeld to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Alan. It's a pleasure to have you here. That was a great introduction because you really summed up the kind of overall gestalt of the book, like the overall emphasis that I want to bring out here. So thank you. Well, the reason I wanted to start that way, because I think that one of the big things that struck me as I began reading, uh, I've always you know, known uh, about the UFO research, you know, as a teenager and growing up, I remember the sightings. And then, of course, everyone loves E.T. and Star Wars and Star Trek and all these things that give us this insight of, oh, my goodness, there, there has to be something else out there. But in this book, it is laid out so clearly that, you know, these are Harvard people. These are Stanford people. These are heads of government. These are people that are in areas of the military and government that all of a sudden you can't deny some of the research and some of the sightings and the interest that they have. And I think that brings an even greater credibility, particularly for skeptics or for those that are naive to the information. So I wanted to really lay out that this isn't just some conversation about alien beings and some people see them and some don't, and maybe it's fantasy or science fiction or maybe it's reality, but that there's really quite a large and well-educated group of people that are not only researching and talking about this, but have had their own experiences. Right. Well, well-educated and, and very intelligent. You know, you you need to, I think, have a degree of, um, uh, I wouldn't say higher intelligence, but uh, an intelligent awareness in order to put together a piece of reality that's outside the current paradigm. And so um, I think that's what I've tried to get people who are, are not just um, saying, yes, there are objects in the sky, but they're trying to piece together a narrative that um, all of us can understand the greater context in which the reality that we live in so and we're part of. And if your show's about multidimensionality, then I think it's not that much of a stretch to really understand that mm, these dimensions of consciousness exist on many, many levels. So um, 
and that they're here and that they're uh, uh, interfacing with us on whatever level of awareness we're in. It could be dream states. It could be um, some other higher state of conscious. But we are interfacing with intelligences that are not just human. Well, and that was a really powerful part in the book because it illustrates that uh you know, there, there are these different dimensions. There's 3D, 4D, 5D. Perhaps the 5D is where these are able to more visibly manifest and to those that are open enough to understand or, as written in the book, have made a contract. I think in Bashar's uh, reading with you, the dialogue was talking about we make a contract with with the individual and become part of um, the exploratory aspect of what they're looking at, or even what we're wanting to experience through knowing and understanding uh, that presence that's here. So how do you see that multidimensionality as a horizontal experience or as a vertical type of experience? I'm not sure what you mean by horizontal. Horizontal means timeline. Because as I was reading it, I I started to question, okay, is this, is this, uh, these are separate entities that are here and they're showing up and we're going according to our history and trying to shift reality to save the human race? Or is this really, they're just different dimensions of us because there is no time and it all exists at the same time, but we're tapping into versions of ourselves that are also here simultaneously that have these higher levels of consciousness. Well, I think it's not either. I think it's both. We are both being and becoming. We're both outside of history and a part of history. And that's been sort of the challenge in metaphysics to understand that that duality or that paradox. But we are, as, as conscious beings evolving, we're a part of this history of ongoing civilized development. And as multidimensional beings, we're also outside of history, right? We're also um, the consciousness of the eternal being, however you want to name that. So, But as far as a historical development, I think that's what's exciting here, that we are meeting other beings that are expanding our awareness of time, space, of technology, of, of life throughout the cosmos, of, of intelligence that is on uh, existing in many forms, and how we've sort of kept ourselves separate. We've dumbed ourselves down. I mean, there's lots of talk about how that happened, but we've, oh, I don't know why this is for most people, not us maybe, but this is such a hard idea to get that we're not alone in the universe. Basically, it's that. We're we're not the, maybe even the smartest guys on the block. We're, um, we're part of a continuum of life that is um, a part of the fabric of creation. Does that make sense? Yes, I mean, to, I think that's that's both narcissistic and arrogant to think that we are the only beings and that we are, you know, the the greatest of beings that would exist in this cosmos, and that there wouldn't be uh, others that have far greater intelligence or uh, have been here for much much longer. Now, when we look at pop culture and we look at society so often the subject of aliens is portrayed as uh, they're going to come and invade us they're going to be violent creatures we have to fight against them you know things like that so there's there's already kind of this fear that is put in in terms of 
you know, we have to protect ourselves or what do they want from us? And mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, it was really powerful in Nick Pope's aspect of it uh, when where he talked about um, how, you know, there really isn't anything to fear because if, if, if they had wanted to do something to us at this point, they would have already done it. So uh-huh. talk a little bit about, you know, why you think that that these beings are uh, approaching some people and not others and 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 why we have this stance at whether it's government or people we would actually be the type that would take one of them and start researching them and probing them and probably do more harm uh, and create the interference just as we do with other countries than others would do with us. So can you talk a little bit about that, Alan? Well, that's exactly right. We're only projecting our anthropocentric um, point of view that, you know, the history of human civilization has been about invasion and threat and wars and atrocities and holocausts and, you know, racism, segregation, all the awful things that have... um, made us keep these boundaries between countries and borders and all the things that have kept us from realizing that we're really one race of human beings. So we project that history and what we've known um, onto the rest of the what's out there. But, you know, maybe the rest of the cosmos is not functioning along that primitive time frame. Maybe they're of overcome that sense of um, imperialism and have learned to cooperate with themselves as a uh, developing species in order to, to t- come here from wherever they are. So I think Nick's right. If they wanted to take us over, if they wanted to control us, which who knows why they would want that, um, they would have done that a long time ago. So uh, there's, on- you know, we only fear what we know it, it, and we only project what we know onto the unknown. I say the unknown is full of wonder and possibility and infinite potential. This is what I think we're being offered here. And, and, and of course, the military says, you know, looks at everything like a threat because that's their job. If, the, if, the, if you're a hammer, the, the whole world looks like a nail. So if you're the military, everything looks like a threat because their job is to protect us. And if they don't know what these things are, which I think they don't know what whatever's out there, they that they they rather just put it in the box of a threat and say, yeah, we but need to protect us. But I think these these craft and these beings are actually here to protect us from ourselves. They have appeared over nuclear missile silos in the Soviet Union when it was the Soviet Union and in the U.S. They've turned off and on these nuclear codes and they, they've shown us a superior technology which I think we could only benefit from if we put down our weapons of destruction and and meet these beings on and and welcome these beings for who and what they are but they're not just going to show up on the white house lawn because they are also my opinion concerned about how people would react to that so they are coming and going and and they're slowly there's uh we're getting used to the fact that something is out there in a recent pew pew poll 79 percent of people under 26 
think there's life out there. And as, as you get older, there's less and less people who are either afraid of life out there who, or don't think that's possible. So we have to shift that of a, an established way of thinking, an old paradigm, and embrace something new. And the unknown is just waiting for us. It's This is... This is not about fear. This is about exploration and laying all the pieces out on the table because we are part of an incredible universe. We are part of an incredible universe, and there is so much that we can discover both internally and externally. Is it possible that alien and extraterrestrial technology can support us not only in our external expansion and growth, as a species, but in our inward ascension toward higher and higher consciousness. All of this is laid out to make sense of the wake of an increased worldwide sighting and the official government's acknowledge of crashed UFO retrievals in making contact, while scientists, politicians, and mainstream news outlets have yet to fathom the understanding of the phenomena, the material presented is a sensible and cutting-edge invitation to think differently about our relationship to the greater cosmos. Making contact stands as the most comprehensive clarification to date concerning the intelligent intent behind the phenomena. The multiplicity of viewpoints provide a solid foundation for the preparation for the most startling and intriguing new realities in human history, meeting the cosmic others. This is Making Contact by Alan Steinfeld. It is preparing for the new realities of extraterrestrial extraterrestrial existence. I invite you to explore more about him. Alan is an explorer of consciousness and for over 30 years has been sharing powerful information, bridging the sciences of Uh, health, spirituality, as well as UFOs, and dealing with many luminaries today at 3 p.m. at opencenter.org. He will be talking with Deepak Chopra, so definitely tune into that. You can register again at theopencenter.org. And to find out more about Alan Steinfeld and all of his work, go to newrealities.com. That's newrealities.com. We will be right back with more of Alan Steinfeld and Making Contact. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? 
1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. My guest today is Alan Steinfeld, and we are talking about his anthology, which is Making Contact, filled with a lot of really incredible voices and his own experiences and story in regard to aliens and in extraterrestrial. Humankind's destiny is out there among the stars. We will voyage to the stars not simply out of curiosity and the human desire to explore, Though the quest for knowledge for its own sake is arguably a key part of what makes us human, above all, we will do this because we must. At present, humanity has all its eggs in one basket. Planet Earth is our home, but if disaster strikes, it will not only be where the human adventure begins, but where it ends. Making Contact is a book that allows us to understand that there are others out there and that there is an access to a multidimensionality that perhaps we have not delved into far enough. Uh, you can find out more about Alan Steinfeld at newrealities.com. That's newrealities.com. Also explore all the other things that he does. And definitely check out the, the talk today with Deepak Chopra at 3 p.m. at opencenter.org with Alan Steinfeld and Deepak Chopra. Welcome back, Alan. Let's talk a little bit more about that multidimensionality and how uh, aliens would support us both externally, what is it that they're here to give us and do for us, but then how they are also supporting us in ascending and expanding internally in terms of our own levels of consciousness. Right. So as far as externally, whatever is propelling their craft, which have been seen by hundreds of thousands of people, probably millions around the world, whatever is doing that, it's they're not running on gasoline. They're not filling up their gas tank to get here from wherever they're coming. So they have a technology that may run on free energy that runs on a, on a sort of different way of operating that I think would be of ultimate benefit uh, to get us off of fossil fuels, to stop polluting the planet, and to supply everyone. Imagine if you had a battery in your home or some device that would power all your electrical needs. Think of how that would free us, how we could cultivate the deserts, desalinate some of the oceans. You know, it would be a great boon to human civilization if we had that technology that was free and available 
for everyone. Of course, not to get into a whole thing, but the corporate interests don't want that to happen. So there's that. But just I, I, I think eventually that will come out. We will learn how and they will be an exchange of information. That's the external development internally. Let me have you, let me pause you right there sure, for a sure. second, Alan, because I think that when we think about the external, and you know, I've always felt like you know, human beings at the core were really good good species, but yeah. we are naturally negative. <laughs> it's just the truth. We are naturally negative as well, and so the thought would always be that they're coming because they need something from us, and I think that's where some of that arrogance comes in mm-hmm. that that any types of aliens are coming because they need. They need our energy. They're feeding off of us. They're, they need some of our technology when obviously they're, they're superior simply by the way they travel, simply by the way they're able to uh, dissolve or become orbs or change their shapeshift or, right. or these different types of things. And so need- what can be done to combat that or, is, or do they need something from well, us? Well, they do need something from us because we are one consciousness, a universe, one harmony. And if something is out, like in your body, if you have a little splinter in your finger or your toe, it can disrupt the whole body. We are that little splinter because of Mm. our behavior and because when we set off a nuclear explosion, that rips through time and space dimensions on all levels. And that's, I think, one of the reasons they started to show up in greater numbers after the the atomic bomb blast, the hydrogen atomic bomb blast. And it's like, uh-oh, the teenagers have the car keys. We got to check that out. And so we, because consciousness is one, are a disrupting factor. And we know that just by looking at the news every day, something's disturbing somewhere. We all feel it. So not that they need for us, but if we woke up to who we really are and lived in harmony with each other, which is really the next step of evolution, I think the whole realm of, let's call it, three-dimensional reality will be able to shift to this next level. But they and us are part of a continuum that is still stuck in division and duality. And I think we're on the threshold of that change. So, yes, I do think they need that from us, just like we need our neighbors to stop fighting and arguing or playing loud music, you know. So it's like that. I love how you framed that. Yes, because we are we are one body and and Mm -hmm. to think that that we are not part of um, of the dissonance or the disruption of the greater universe is to ignore what we're doing here. Now, what, what about, and that actually bridges us to the internal and how we need to upgrade and, and shift who we are from that internal level so that we stop the desecration on the outside, so that we stop being the types of individuals that, that buy into the, the seven deadly sins, so to speak. Right. And we need to know what consciousness actually is. We need to realize what the power of a human being, of a mind, of, a, of an awareness really does and how there are many, many levels of awareness that we can we are part of because this is something William James talks about, too, in the varieties of religious experience. But as we interface, and this has been my experience with these beings, there is a shift 
in consciousness. And sometimes their presence is so extreme that we find it hard to remain aware because if you've ever been in the presence of, let's say, a great yogi or a saint, there's a, there's a, there's an, um, a refinement of awareness that happens in that presence. Or if you've been around, let's say, people mm, schizophrenic or crazy, there's, you pick up that energy. So when you're in the presence of these beings, it's not like any of that. Their field is so different than our field that we can be traumatized by it, we can go unconscious, or we can just forget this interaction. So we have to practice awareness that allows us to stay present with these other levels of consciousness and help us shift to realize what we're about and that we can maintain these other levels of awareness while we're interfacing with these beings because they're not vibrating on our frequency but yet we have that potential to shift frequencies when we interact with them. Now, uh, the the show and my magazine are called 1111, and I've often had, um, and I've had an experience myself for many years with the numbers 1111. And I've often had people that were skeptics say, well, you just focus on that, so that's what you see. So what do you say to individuals in regard to well, that's the focus or that's the belief system. So if you have that belief system, that is what you're going to create as your reality and see, just like those individuals that believe in fairies or uh, angels, that's their belief system. So they start to see the little fairies and the types of creatures like that, um, or, or they're looking for magic. And so all of a sudden, you know, that's the everything they see in the world. They just come across those magical things. Is it... Uh, is it that we are creating the reality because we believe that reality or is it that that is the reality that is opening to us because we're expanding our nature of consciousness? Well, if you look at a lot of the case histories, um, most of the people who've had some kind of sighting weren't necessary believers. They weren't looking for this thing. Look at uh, Travis Walton. He was a lumberjack in the woods of Arizona, snowflake in that area. He saw this craft come down. He ran out of his truck and was blasted. But it, uh, and so many people are starting to see these things in the sky because they exist, you know, and they're uh, and they're open-minded enough to not um, make it up like it's oh it's just uh, something they're imagining. No, there are realities out there waiting for. Uh, there's a great quote: "Waiting for a witch to grow sharper." You know, um, there 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 is existence out there that is a part of our ongoing cognitive development. And um, that's just the nature of reality. We're always being confronted by the unknown. That's how we evolve and learn and create. So the people who say it's just a belief system, they're not talking to the people who had no idea about this, who, who didn't even suspect it, and boom, it's in their face. And they could say, and they did go to John Mack and would say, please tell me I'm crazy, you know, because these aliens approached me, they abducted me. 
John Mack would say something like, well, oh, I have good news and bad news, bad news. And good news is that you're not crazy because there's been hundreds of other people having similar experiences. That doesn't mean it's true that they're having similar experiences, but there's been marks on the body. There's been um, regressive therapy where a deeper truth has come out. And they, you know, take the case of Betty and Barney Hill, 1961, an interracial couple not looking for it to be in the news. You know, they're in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Or they're driving from Montreal to Portsmouth. They see these lights in the sky and then they have four hours of missing time where they're, you know, started to have nightmares and um and they eventually were regressed uh, by a doctor who, who worked with people having combat fatigue or trauma from war. And he said these people were more traumatized than some of the combat um, soldiers he had worked with. It's not that this is frightening. The trauma is that we're meeting something unknown. So part of the subtitle of this book is preparations for the new realities of extraterrestrial existence. If we are prepared with knowledge for an event, it's less surprising. This is what Joe Dispenza, who I'm sure you know, I quote him at the end of my introduction. He says, knowledge prepares us for the experience. And when you have the experience, then you have a context for that because you've had the awareness of something possible. So a lot of people of the past I don't know, 50, 60 years have seen these things and have been shocked and awed and surprised. And now we're moving into a culture, maybe because of mainstream movies and a lot of the History Channel stuff. But, oh, okay, I know what this is. I, I can deal with this. So it's not as traumatic. And, um, but there's something unknown that is approaching. And if we can prepare for it with excitement and wonder instead of fear and um rejection, I think we'll be much more prepared to enter this new reality of contact that we're right at the threshold of. And I think that that they're giving us information to to enhance our technologies. I know that over the course of beginning 1111 magazine and the show, I've watched the uh, the rise of of individuals and light language and all of a sudden now that has really started to show up in a lot of different people and places uh, in the book you talk about how uh, the elementary school age is oftentimes information that comes through uh, that is of truth that is being delivered through alien beings to them perhaps because they're so open so there there is a level of consciousness, um, knowledge that is being passed through in different ways, um, aside from from even the crop circles and things like that. Yes? In dream states. Uh, but the thing about children is that they haven't been programmed by the culture so vastly as it is in older adults. So they're more open to invisible friends, which, you know, they're not just imaginary. We have to rediscuss the idea of imagination and what what we're sensing and what we're intuiting. When I teach remote viewing, which is a non-local awareness, people have a natural ability to project their minds beyond the local awareness that they're at. They can tap into things beyond time and space. This is the average person. And these are people who are willing to go outside the box. But we've been so trapped 
by survival inside a very narrow framework. And like William Blake said, if we would see things as they really are, they would be infinite. So we, we're in the process of expanding our mind. I think this contact um, um, future that we're moving into is about mind expansion. It's about realizing our multidimensional selves because these beings don't exist only on our dimension, but we are so capable when we realize who we are that we can interface with these beings that aren't necessarily 3D, that there are other realms. And we have this great facility of the mind, which is the software, the brain is the hardware, and consciousness is the operator to meet these beings on an equal playing field if we only knew who we really were. Does that make sense? Absolutely. In his book, Mind Dynamics in Space and Time, Tim Rosher wrote about PSI, the ability to see beyond our five senses with the power of the mind. She stated, we have made giant advancements in our understanding of the nature and the properties of consciousness by applying the scientific method. I believe we are on the threshold of another great advancement in PSI research that utilized the scientific method. PSI is as old as humankind and beyond, extending to animals and plants. We are in a new and exciting era of deep discovery, which we are privileged to experience as we seek the scientific exploration. And I think that that also goes further into the chapter on remote viewing and more discussions about how we can extend from our 3D reality into greater aspects of who we are. In this collection of finely written chapters by famous UFO researchers, the authors are finally asked the right questions. What will human beings realize in finding themselves to be part of a larger cosmos? How can non-local communication involve subtle states of consciousness? Are we dealing with extraterrestrial beings or beings of a different non-material order? We are asked to look at how they can be supportive to us and how we can be enhanced rather than why we need to fear them or create a guard against them. You can find out more about Alan Steinfeld at newrealities.com. Definitely check out the book, Making Contact, if you have interest in further exploring how you can deepen and expand into uh, higher realities and consciousness. And definitely check out the talk between Deepak Chopra and Alan Steinfeld today at 3 at opencenter.org. We'll be right back after these messages with more Making Contact. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com.
Do you want more? More joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships? More empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. My guest today is Alan Steinfeld, and he is talking about his book, Making Contact, which is an anthology of original writings by leading experts in the field of UFO ET studies. Grant Cameron, an award-winning UFO researcher, implicates witnesses as a vital part of the phenomena by explaining that if someone sees a UFO, it's not by chance. Every sighting and contact experience is intentionally planned. In the book, he says, to sum it all up, this is not a random world. People chose to be a UFO experiencer. People chose to have a near-death experience to learn something. Why is it that many UFO experiences have two near-death experiences? I say researchers are making the wrong assumption. They assume it's one life. It is multiple lives. If we assume everything happening in the UFO world, UFO world is random, nothing makes sense. But nothing happens by accident. If re- reincarnation is true, then everything changes because we are living multiple lives. And you probably have an association with ETs in those other lives. This is from the book Making Contact by Alan Steinfeld. You can go to newrealities.com to find out more information. Uh, I want to uh, dive a little bit into that, Alan. I remember also uh, when I was in my training for spiritual life coaching, I had some amazing instructors, and there were several that had the ability to see uh, things that were not necessarily visible to everyone else and I remember one highly gifted instructor and she said to me she said people are not aware that there are aliens walking among us there are reptilians and there are these different types of aliens there are these tall beings that are blonde haired there are these shorter ones that are gray but people can't see them and they're right there around us. And then I read in your book um, of these different types, the Nordics that live under the ocean floor, the the shorter gray ones that live within the mountains. Talk about these different types that are here and 
are they literally among us or are they having their own communities uh, within Earth and in somehow playing a role in trying to, to rebalance us and stabilize us? What What is actually existing here in a place that so many people think is a 3D reality, mm. but yet there there is so much more? Well, as you know, there's so many levels of reality and consciousness interacting with us all the time if you're just psychic or aware or tuned in and you're feeling vibrations sometimes you feel something go past you you hear a high-pitched sound we've been really in a sense dumbed down to ignore our own psychic intuitive awareness so there's that level of existence and I also have to say, as far as ETs among us and all that, nobody really uh, can say for sure who these beings are, what they're doing, and and why they're here. That's why I've included 11 different perspectives in this book, because no one has the whole truth. Everyone has a piece of it. And so, yes, I think there have been, in many cases different interactions with beings, hybridization of human beings. I mean, the whole human race may be alien. We may not be a part of the evolving primates on this planet, or we may have been upgraded by another civilization from another um, planet that has taken the evolving primates and modified the genetics so to make us different than all the animals that are on earth we are in an animal body but maybe our consciousness is of another realm another world so there's that and as far as reptilians ets or grays or nordics people have interacted with them i've only my experience, I can only go by my experience and tend to trust other people's experiences, but I've interacted with beings in a dream state, in an altered state. So I think they're not actually in this 3D reality, although they may be actually physical, but there's the, you know, it's like a radio dial. You just turn a little bit and you get a whole different frequency that we're capable of. So when, actually, I think when you meet these beings, your consciousness is immediately shifted to another realm. So they are interacting, they are here, according to some people, but they're here on a different vibratory level. If you turn your fan a little faster, it starts to, you know, disappear. You can see through it, and um, it doesn't mean that it's not physical. So, um that is why I think that yes. I think that Dr. J.J. Hertak, that's that's more of his leaning. He he uh, brought about the phenomenon of the Merkaba, uh, which is the Hebrew word for vehicle, and he has brought through a lot of information. I've had him featured several times in both Eleven Eleven magazine and on radio, and he talks about using the mind to travel and and using the different dimensions of consciousness to tap into these beings, which he also says is another level that is called ultra-terrestrials. So can you talk about the difference between uh, the extraterrestrials and the ultra-terrestrials that he connects with, or um, are they are they of the same, just no, different 
vibratory consciousness. Yeah, I just toured with me and JJ and Desiree Hurtak, just toured the West Coast. We did a seven-city tour uh, about this book, about making contact, about his personal experiences. So I just want to say, as far as all of this is concerned about the, our interfacing with ETs, I feel it's what can we learn about existence? How can we evolve when we're interfacing with these other beings? So what JJ Hertog says, as far as ultra-terrestrials, these are the more evolved spiritual beings that may be from other planets or other dimensions, and they're here to uplift us with a higher intention, a higher um, understanding of what our soul nature is. So they're their um, purpose of being the ultra-terrestrials is to evolve the soul. Now, the ETs, or the extraterrestrials that are 3D, they may be here to give us technology. They may be here to advance our, our psi facilities or the power of our mind, but it's not so much soul focus because they themselves are evolving on a soul level. And then there are the masters or the ultra-terrestrials or the beings beyond time and space that also are here to help us lift us up out of our out of our isolation and our um, limited way of thinking in order to give us a sense of higher realities and more possibilities of who we are. So we're interfacing when we become aware of what's really around us, not just the Wi-Fi frequencies and the radio frequencies, that's just one dimension, but the consciousnesses that are impacting us when we open our mind we realize that it's so full and so rich that we are um we are being upgraded if we 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 stay open to that possibility so for for people that are questioning reality trying to understand even earth and you know our existence as as humans and what that means for our own spiritual growth from a very uh, level of identity in our own egos. Where's God in all of this? How, how, do we, how do we merge that piece for individuals that are, that are a little shaken or, or in a place of wonder right. uh, around, around you know, ETs? Well, first of all, we have to look at what people's de- definition of God is. Is God a being that sits in judgment uh, in heaven that, you know, smites people? I, I mean, or, or is God uh, the universal consciousness from which we've descended and individualized as a fractal of divine creation? So um, this is where I think God is, is the unification of all that consciousness that we're a part of and we're sort of a distillation in an individual form of that God force. So where God fits in is that God in its whatever whatever that being, total being is, in its creation of, of dimensions wanted to know itself or was curious about its own... Um, ongoing forever creative possibilities. This is just my speculation. So we are part, uh, we're like the fingertips of God exploring the unknown with our ability to create and feel and reinterpret reality constantly by upgrading our system. So the expansion of God is the expansion of who we are as universal beings. So 
that's where God sits for me, if, if, if you know what Perfect. I mean. Perfect. Perfect. We only have about two minutes left, Alan, and I'd love for you to give your thoughts on where we've been the last 15 months and and still in that uh, place regarding the world, the pandemic, the new Delta variant, um, politics. You know, does the, do the aliens have any support that they're providing or is part of that also part of the upgrade? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, well, where we've been the last two years basically is a kind of a unification of humanity no matter who you are no matter where you've been no matter what you believe we've been impacted by the same thing or or a variation of the same thing and that has brought human consciousness together i mean of course there's been tragedies and it hasn't been pleasant but the other part is that we realize that there are no borders there's nothing that separates humanity because we are really one. So we've come together now, maybe for the first time through tragedy, as a planetary civilization. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's on the upside, a sign possibly for the other beings, like maybe we're ready to speak to other ones if we are oneness which, you know, of course, there's still a lot of division and separation and maybe more than ever, but there's a commonality that has brought us together and we share something now that we haven't shared before. And so I think it was, in a sense, an upgrade of awareness that makes us more ready than ever to to, to realize we are one race of beings, we are one mind, and that opens the door to meet other ones. And that's the nature of evolution, from single cells uniting to form a multicellular organisms, for those organisms to mate, meet, uh, create other more advanced organisms, for cities to states to countries to planets to emerging of worlds. So it's all about greater and greater information, knowledge, and love in a sense. How vast is the love of who we are as uh, a creative piece of ongoing forever? So from the book, from the book, making contact. As our consciousness is awakened to the vastness of life, we are gaining the wisdom and understanding of the importance of cooperation, not only amongst ourselves, but with other races of intelligence. We believe consciousness is a ubiquitous cosmological principle of the universe. The human mind is a complex system embedded in this totality. In essence, preparation is being made for us to realize that we are part of the cosmic citizenship in the heavens. However, we are also but one branch of life whereby we will continue as the new Adams and Eves in ongoing stages of evolution. Hopefully, we shall soon understand firsthand the references spoken by the ancients that this creation is a house of many mansions. Yeah. The contributors of this book, people like Whitley Stryber, Linda Melton Howe, J.J. and Desiree Hertak, and frankly, everyone who has contributed to this journal put together by Alan Steinfeld are on a personal mission to forge in the smithy of their souls, the uncreated conscious of our race and to be in the company of that quality of dedicated souls, which is quite satisfying to them. Definitely pick up your copy of making contact by Alan Steinfeld, go to newrealities.com, sign up for his newsletter so you can stay in touch with all that he's doing and more information and check out the conversation between him and Deepak Chopra today at 3 p.m. at opencenter.org. Thank you, Alan, for 
for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, my listeners, for being here with me each week. Until next week, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.